Um, she is. <laughs> no, that's fine. Her, her brother had a 90th birthday in Texas, and so she went to celebrate with him. So, so uh, she'll be back tonight, Lord willing. Okay. <clears throat> we have said before that the first 12 chapters of John are were the public ministry that John recorded. We've also said that John had the had the privilege of knowing what Matthew and Mark and Luke wrote and and then he kind of fills in the blank. And we're going to see some stuff real quickly um, that none of the synoptic gospels uh, put in. And as important as it is to us, I personally wondered why. Why why was John the only one that recorded this? And then this is Bill. But Luke uh, was not there. Uh, Luke wrote after investigating uh, the matter. uh, And uh, evidently nobody told him uh, what happened in the upper room. And uh, uh, Mark, John Mark, wrote what Peter preached. Peter didn't preach this, so he didn't record it. And John, huh? Did you start your thing? Yes. Okay. And John, John, uh, uh, excuse me, Matthew wrote to the Jewish uh, audience. Uh, So... It, it was a good thing that John wrote this because it's very, very good. Now, from chapter 13 to the end of the chapter, all that happened in less than a week. In fact, chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 happened on one night. That's a pass overnight, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Those chapters tell us about the role of the Holy Spirit, which had John not put it in there, we wouldn't know. Or, yeah, we wouldn't know. But he did, and we're so grateful for that. And with that, uh, go to chapter 20, and let's let's quote our verse. Chapter 20, verse 31, which is a key key verse for the book of John. And I've been remiss in uh, quoting it, but um, let's begin there. Verse 31 of chapter 20. But these things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you may have life in his name. So... We'll pick up now in chapter in chapter thirteen, verse one, and we'll see where we go from there. Now, before the feast of the Passover, Jesus, knowing that his hour had come, that he would depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them. To the end. Now, 
if your Bible's like mine, you can look across the page at John 12, 12, um, when he says there, on the next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast, and this is the feast of Passover, and we, we see where Jesus came in riding on a donkey's coat and uh, came, uh, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So this was right the next day, so to speak. That was probably on a Thursday. This was probably on Friday. So now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knowing that his hour had come. Now we talked about this last week a little bit and go back up to chapter 12, verses 23. And Jesus answered and said unto them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. We said last week that after meeting with the Greeks, and we, we absolutely don't know what Jesus and this Greek delegation talked about, but uh, he realized that that was a, a closure that he was going to uh, the whole world. And uh, he, we quoted some scripture in Isaiah uh, that backed this up. So back to chapter 13, verse 1, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Verse 2, during the supper, the devil having already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from the supper, laid aside his garments, and taking a towel, he girded himself. Verse 5, Then he poured water into a basin, I began to wash the disciples' feet, wiped them with a towel which he had girded. <clears throat> the foot washing, you know, we talk about foot washing, um, and we'll say more about that, uh, Jesus does, in, in just a minute. But he was... He was at the, at the Passover. Uh, the disciples had to pa uh, prepared this in the upper room, as we know from other Gospels. And during the supper, um, he knew that uh, because of who he was, that, Jesus, uh, that Judas was going to betray him. Um, he got up and washed their feet. Um, in that day, you all know we've it, it's you know they they had sandals. Um, if they were in South Carolina, it would be flip flops. But anyway, it was sandals, and uh, and and when they walked, and they walked everywhere, um, the dust and everything else, and so it was a normal thing when you were invited to dinner somewhere that. Uh, the host would probably have a servant there, and when you came in, uh, your sandals were removed and your feet was, were washed, and that's a refreshing thing. Um, when uh, 
So nobody had had that task here. And so Jesus got up, poured the water in the basin, and took the towel and began to wash their feet. So he came to Simon Peter, verse 6, and said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus had answered and said to him, What I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. And that, that is a, a kind of foretaste of, of the Holy Spirit, which when we get there in another uh, lesson or two, um, the Holy Spirit quickened um, their minds, and they said, oh, that's what he was saying when he said it. And so um, he said, you'll understand later. Verse 8, Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet. And Jesus said, if, you do not wash, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Now, there's, there's a lot maybe we could say into that, but basically Jesus is saying to, to, uh, to Peter, I need to wash your feet, and if you'll just be quiet, you'll learn about it in a little bit. And... Uh, <clears throat> um, I, I picture this guy who plays uh, Simon Peter in The Chosen, and he would be very, very much like that, you know. Verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is, but is completely clean. Excuse me, let me read that again. He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. And the commentary says that in that case, he was going back to, to uh, Judas, who was in a little bit, is going to betray. Verse 11. For this reason... The one who was betraying him, excuse me, he knew the one who was betraying him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And you are right, for I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, wash your feet, you ought also to wash one another's feet. I have, I, for I gave you an example that you also should do this as I did to you. Now, there are people, and it's debatable, we, we quickly say that there are two, or, two ordinances in the local uh, New Testament church. One is the ordinance of baptism, which is a picture of what has happened in one's heart, an out, outward expression. And then the Lord's Supper, where we do it in remembrance of him. Some people say that foot washing 
is another ordinance. Um, uh, we don't practice that. Uh, and there's some doubt whether that is really what it said because Jesus said it was an example. He didn't say, do this in remembrance of me like he said in the, in the Lord's Supper. Uh, hold your finger there and go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy. <clears throat> it's uh, If you go to Hebrews, you've gone too far. And... Uh, First Timothy chapter 5. You with me? Okay. Now, uh, here, Paul is talking to Timothy about widows. Let's look in verse 9 of chapter 5. First Timothy 5, 9. A widow is to be put on the list only if she is not, she is not less than 60 years old having been the wife of one man, having a reputation for good works, and she has brought up her children, if she has known hospitality to strangers, if she has washed the feet, the saints' feet, if she has assisted those in distress, and if she has devoted herself to every good work. Paul, Paul is saying here to Timothy, uh, if the lady is over 60 and is a widow um, and has done these things, having been the wife of one man, having reputation for good works, and if she has brought up children, if she has shown hospitality to strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet. So uh, this is not a qualification, but... But Paul is just simply telling Timothy, this puts this lady in a category that you need to take care of them. Um, he goes on the next verse, says, but be careful about the younger women, the widows, the young, younger widows. But so most of uh, the commentary I read from says, um, had, had this been a, an ordinance, well, um, uh, Paul would have addressed it, but he didn't address it in this particular case. So verse 15, I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. I'm back to John 13. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things... You are blessed if you do them. I think we we know um, Jesus was not uh, forceful. I know he had a sense of humor. You know, you know he he had to. I mean, just look around us. You know, surely he had a sense of humor, and and uh, and and he also was a humble man, and he uh, he he wasn't 
he wasn't so good. However, he was the Prince of Glory. He put a towel around his waist and, and washed these people's feet. Every time I've been involved in, in business um, and we had uh, my boss, my boss was, uh, I've had both sides of the stick. I've had some most arrogant, obnoxious bosses you could have. Uh, and, and then I've had some very humble people uh, and that to, 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 to lead me. And it's human nature, you know, the humble ones I have no problem, problem following. Um, and I think in our Christian life that we need to be an example, as Jesus did here, of humility. Um, the old joke, you know, about uh, the fellow who wrote a book, uh, and the title of it was Humility and How I Attained It. Um, so, but it, it uh, to be humble uh, is... Uh, is a very good trait. And I think Jesus, in his act here of cleansing and washing the feet of his disciples, he said, I've given you an example of humility, of servanthood, uh, to do what you want to do. Swindoll took about four pages and talked just about this thing of humility, and maybe more than that. In, in the commentary that I was following. Um, but basically, you know what humility is, and you know what, how it's received in your own life, and you know when, when you are humble, and when you um, attract people to yourself when you are humble. Arrogance is another different set of rules there, but you know that too. So Jesus is simply saying, he says, uh, truly, truly, verse 16. And that word, the truly, truly, which we could say is amen, a amen, occurs 25 times in the Gospel of John. So he says, truly, truly, or as one commentator says, amen, amen, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is the one who is sent greater than the one who sends him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. That's a kicker. What's the scripture say? If you know to do good and you don't do it, you've missed the mark. So if we know these things, we know what humility is, you know what Jesus is trying to teach them here. He said, you're blessed if you do them, if you do them. Now I know many of you in this room have done many acts of kindness and people don't ever know about it. And that's, that's good. That's very good. Uh, so I applaud you for doing those things 
in secret for the Lord to show your humility and your blessing. You didn't do it for humility-wise. You met a need, and yet God will bless you for that. Verse 18, I do not speak to all of you. I know the ones I've chosen, but he, but it is that the scripture may be fulfilled. He who eats my bread has lifted up his heel against me. From now on, I'm telling you before it comes to pass so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am he. Uh, now, last week we talked about that, that Jesus didn't come to judge the world, but we would be judged by the words that he spoke. And so he's just telling them here again, he says, uh, from now on I'm telling you before it comes to pass so that when it does occur, you will believe in me. And we'll see that as, as, the, as the lessons fulfill in the future. Verse 20, truly, truly, here it is again, I say to you that he who receives whom I sent receives me, and he who receives me uh, receives him who sent me. We've often talked about that uh, somebody can come in our midst. Uh, we've never seen them before. Uh, we don't know who they are. We don't know their background. But real quickly, we can understand that they're a child of God because of the way they handle themselves. The Spirit uh, bears witness with us that they are, and quickly they're brother and sister in Christ. And he says, you receive those, you receive me. And um, uh, go back to the Beatitudes, just a cup of cold water, and my name will be blessed. Jesus changes um, uh, direction here uh, from washing their feet, and he's going to talk about Judas that betrays him, beginning in verse 21. When Jesus had said these things, he became troubled in spirit and testified and said, Truly, truly, that's the third time in this chapter, I say to you that the one of you will betray me. Disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know which one he was speaking. There was reclining on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. So Simon Peter gestured to him and said, Tell us who is it of whom he is speaking. Um, <laughs> I reckon the closest thing I've had eating a meal is reclining in my recliner. Uh, and I got pretty good at that. <clears throat> but uh, the idea of laying down to eat at a, at a low table is very foreign to us. And yet that was what was done in this particular time. And normally the the honored guest, in this case it would be Jesus, 
And according to Swindoll, the one who was on his left, and 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 you kind of prop yourself up with your left hand, and uh, I suppose the left-handed people would have to eat with their right hand anyway. So anyway, uh, they propped up with their left hand, uh, with their left hand, and then uh, ate and and talked. To the left of the of the person, according to Swindoll, was the most favorite position. So this was the honoree and the most favorite position was be to the left. According to Swindoll, this was Judas' position at this time. To the right was John. He he calls himself the one that Jesus loved. Or let me see what he says. Yeah, there was reclining at Jesus' bosom uh, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. John never says it's me when he writes. He talked about the disciple whom Jesus loved, and we know that um, at at the cross uh, he gave he gave John a, a job. He says, "Take care of my mother." You know, he told Mary. He says. Uh, John, you take her home and you take care of her. Uh, and so uh, we know that this was probably the case. So we have uh, Jesus. We have to the left of him, Judas. To the right of him would be John. And next to him would be Simon. And so Jesus said this. He said, uh, he said truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And... Uh, I can just see Simon Peter punching John. Who do you say? Who 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 do you say was going to do it? You know, <laughs> he and uh, then he leaning back thus on Jesus' bosom said to him, Lord, who is it? So he, Peter Peter said to John, uh, Who do you say it was? And then John said to Jesus, uh, Who is it, Lord? In verse twenty five. And Jesus then answered, It is the one for whom I shall dip the morsel and give it to him. So when he dipped the morsel, he took, gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. So Jesus could have done it and just reached to, 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 uh, to uh, uh, Judas and, and giving him the morsel that he had dipped. Verse 27 says, After the morsel... Satan then entered into him, and Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. What you do, do quickly. Yes. Does that mean that Judas didn't have any idea about what he was going to do until that very time? No, I think he had already planned according to the other gospels he had already gotten his 30 pieces of silver from the high priest and he he was waiting for an opportune time to do it and this was the time when Jesus told him what yeah back in verse what back in verse um, um, 2 um 
during supper, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, to betray him. So it was, Jesus knew it, the devil had done it, and he was telling him now, he says, what you have to do, do it. Now hold your finger right there and go over to chapter 18. Uh, you know, we got chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18. And the very first verse of chapter 18, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the ravine of Kidron, uh, where there was a garden in which he entered with his disciples. Now Judas, who was betraying him, knew the place. Uh, in verse 3, Judas then received the Roman cohort, and, and so we have the betrayal right then. So Judas left the supper uh, right after this. Uh, he left, and, and he pops back up uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, to betray him. And, and all this teaching in verses chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17 happened after Judas left. Um, um, I think the, uh, the this, you know, we've often talked about, you know, Jesus picked 12 people, and one of them was a devil. One of them saw everything that, that he had done, all the miracles he had done, the blessings he had done, and yet he was not of him. Verse 28, Now no one, no one of those reclining at the table knew for what purpose he said this to him. For some were supposing, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus was saying to him, Buy the things we have need of for the feast, or else... He should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel, he went out immediately, and it was night. Um, no one knew, you know. Well, let's back up a little bit. The, the, the disciples themselves didn't know. They followed Jesus. They watched him heal uh, they watched the miracles that he did time after time after time. And yet they were still in their heart of hearts looking for him to overthrow Rome, to be a political messiah. And yet uh, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't where he was going. That wasn't the game plan. Jesus didn't come. It was a spiritual thing. So... Not only were the disciples blinded by what Judas was fixing to do, they were really still blinded by what Jesus was going to do. And it was really after his death and ascension uh, that, that things, that they woke up to the fact. And, of course, that's the coming of the Holy Spirit, which we'll get into real quick, and that... that, uh, that uh, um, brought them to where they needed to be. So Judas betray, uh, left, and, and we know that in four more chapters later, he's going he's gonna to pick it up there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now verse 31, Therefore, 
when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him immediately. Little children. Now this is, this is Jesus speaking, but that's the same phrase that John picks up on and when he wrote the epistles, he used the term little children many times. Verse 33, little children, I am with you a little while longer and you will seek me. And I said to the Jews, how <clears throat> now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. Then verse 34, he, he gives a new commandment. Now we know the Ten Commandments. We've talked about the Ten Commandments. Um, they weren't written for us today, but they were written to us. All the, new, the Ten Commandments Jesus expanded on except one. He didn't talk about the Sabbath. He talked about uh, murder and adultery and, and everything else. But he didn't, he didn't talk about the Sabbath. But in verse 34, and this is, this is, I've got a big star written by this verse in my Bible. A new commandment I give you that you love one another even as I have loved you that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Well, that's where the water hits the wheel too. You know, uh, I don't know if you're like me, I pretty much like people who like me. <laughs> there are some Christians I know that are hard to love. <clears throat> we'll pause for station identification. <laughs> but love one another. Love one another is a, is a hallmark of God's people. If you don't love your brother, that's a checkpoint. You need to check up. You don't need to like everything they do. In fact, that's part of some of my hang-ups. But, but you need to love them because they are in the fold. They're part of the, the church. They're part of, part of people who who make up the body of Christ. We need to love them. We need to love them. We went all through this uh, back in integration down in Louisiana where I'm from, you know, and I told the boys, you know, I was in business. I don't know a black dollar in the cash register from a white dollar. It's a, it's a matter of the heart 
And if they love, I love. And it's that simple. It's that simple. There are actions that we do in community with one another that we don't like, that we don't agree with. If you're close enough to them, Scripture says that you need to go to them and tell them maybe they've got a blind spot. Maybe they've, they've um, got a stumbling block that I'm stumbling over. You need to talk to them and say, you know, uh, hey, uh, what's the deal here? Uh, my sin's different than somebody else's sin. But the Lord takes care of us. And if we know him in the forgiveness of sin, uh, we're forgiven. We're forgiven. Now, the Lord's keeping the books. I, when Velt and I married, you know, and we, we wasn't long, you know, uh, we, <laughs> these uh, showers and all these kind of things that happened, and uh, I told Velta, I said, well, if you're going to go into it, go into it that you're going to foot the whole bill. If they chip in, fine. If they don't, fine. I said, let's not have any expectations. And we've done that through our 60 years of marriage, and we know that, and I use this expression, the Lord's keeping the books. I'm not keeping the books. So you need to be faithful, and you need to be, be kind, and you need to be humble, and you need to simply love one another. That's what, where the water hits the wheel, and that's where Jesus said, he says, the people in community and will know who you are by how you love. Now, in this political climate that we have today and the divisions that people are making for stupid stuff, you know, uh, be kind, be humble, and love. Because... You don't know where they're coming from, but 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 be careful. I've often said, <laughs> Facebook is not the place for these the discussions to take place. Uh, they're just not. If you've got a problem, like I said, with somebody, you need to take it up with them directly. And I don't have Facebook. Delta calls me creeper because I go on hers. <laughs> but but I've uh, I've uh, I've seen some things and I have responded to some people uh, because of what I saw on Facebook. And I said, you don't need to go there. And in both cases that I've done that, you know, the people were kind to me and they took their post down. Uh we, we just need to be careful of what we do and what we say and we need to love from a pure heart because God told us to. He says you need to, you need to love like only you can love. Okay, I need to hurry. All right, <clears throat> verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, 
Where are you going? Where I go, you cannot follow me now. You cannot follow me now, but you will follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. And boy, this is where it's tough. Jesus said, before the cock crows, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. I'm going to do this for you, Lord. I'm going to quit doing this. I'm going to do this. And we turn around and we do the same thing as Peter did. We deny him. We deny him. So my takeaway from today is Jesus knew what was going to happen. He showed an act of humility by washing the disciples' feet. You need to do like I've done. And then he says, you need to love each other. Therefore, you will show the world that you're my disciples. My disciples. Any questions? Any comments? Okay. Okay. Um.